I'll turn this to record here. Lock it on hold. But uh, so today we're going to finish Jeremiah chapter 52. And uh, next week we will do kind of a wrap up of Jeremiah. I've got a couple things planned. So we'll do kind of an overview, summary. Uh, so if you have any thoughts about Jeremiah, you can send them to me this week. But uh, And then in two weeks, Brother Pat is going to teach on a topic of his choice. And uh, in three weeks will be uh, the fabulous fifth. And we're, we're not sure if we'll be in the sanctuary or we may just have 1030 only that day. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, but starting June, well then there's church in the park. So June 12th, I think is when we'll, uh, Jim's going to lead a three-part series on manuscript evidence. And so that might be a good opportunity to invite somebody that maybe uh, needs to understand why we use the King James Bible. I, I just think that's uh, relevant. And uh, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous just because I... <clears throat> I would like to be able to teach it myself, and I, I don't feel like I can, and so I've asked Jim to teach that. So starting June 12th, hopefully we will go through manuscript evidence. And we're thinking three weeks, but we're flexible on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. We can go deep. Yep. Good, yeah. Four sounds good. Four I got a lot of history wrapped up in it. So. Yeah. Why? Well, Randy did it on Wednesday night, and yeah. I I heard one session of that. So, all right. Morning, Taboras. How are you guys? See, I was going to draw something on the board, I think. This is how I was going to start today. <clears throat> kind of get a running start at this. Uh, let me just do a timeline, famous timeline. But around 610, I don't know if that's the way you spell it or not, uh, Let's do this. Let's turn to uh, Jeremiah 25. <clears throat> I know I spelt that wrong, but maybe not. Have you Chad Nezer, yeah? All right. Is he the same as Nebuchadnezzar? Or yeah, there's about three spellings. No, not that. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, there's a Nebuchadnezzar. The they are the same guy. That's what... Uh, yeah, Pat, you're already there. Why don't you read Jeremiah 25.1 for us? Okay. It says, came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. That was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. king of Babylon. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> I had a little hard time finding this verse, so I'm glad we found it. So, this year is the, the first year of Nebuchadnezzar. 
And it's also the fourth year uh, of Jehoiakim. Does everybody see that? Um, so Jehoiakim, he reigned for 11 years. So I think it was around 599. That, so Jehoiakim, he reigned 11 years. Hey, Amy. You guys need to be in Luke's class. Luke's the orientation. I think your whole family is supposed to be in the auditorium, right? Yeah. All of you. Ah, because he wasn't in my regular class. Yeah, he wants you all in the auditorium. Yeah, an auditorium. It's an important meeting in there. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just thought that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he wants everybody in there. Okay. See you up tomorrow's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So now let's go to Jeremiah 52. And actually, let's. We kind of got ahead of ourselves, but let's jump down to verses 4 through 7. 52, 4 through 7. I'll read that for us. And it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, and, and this. Well, let's just read verse 1. I'll start with verse 1. So Zedekiah. And let's put this up here. Let me get this. uh, um, Something like this. So right here we're in Jeremiah 52. One, let's just do. Let's read verses one through seven here. <clears throat> Zedekiah was one and twenty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eleven years. <clears throat> so he started reigning. Right about, right about there. So, so Zedekiah reigned all this time. So he also reigned eleven years. I'll just call him Zed. <clears throat> all right. And his mother's name was a Hamatul, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. And he did that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that was done. Nope. <clears throat> according to all that Jehoiakim had done. So that's that's his predecessor. Uh, what, what we're going to find out here is that uh, there was three months here that a guy named uh, Coniah reigned. So between Jehoiakim and Zedekiah, um, this Coniah reigned. <clears throat> okay. 
Verse 3, and for, the, for through the anger of the Lord it came to pass in Jerusalem and Judah till he had cast them out from his presence that Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. And, and it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign that's the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign in the tenth month in the tenth day of the month that Nebuchadrezzar king of Babylon came he and all his army against Jerusalem and pitched against it and built forts against it round about so the city was besieged unto the eleventh year of king Zedekiah so that would have been uh the fall of Babylon or the fall of Jerusalem right at 587 586 somewhere in there and in the fourth month in the ninth day of the month the famine was sore in the city so that there was no bread for the people of the land then the city was broken up and all the men of war fled and went forth out of the city by night by the way of the gate between the two walls which was by the king's garden Now the Chaldeans were by the city round about, and they went by the way of the plain. Alright, so if you look at your handout now, we'll uh, get a running start at Roman numeral 1. What do you think goes in your last blank there? Last. Last. Zedekiah was the last king. Yep. Good job. You said your last blank. Yeah, okay. (laughs) The first blank is the last. (laughs) And then, uh, let's go back to uh, Jeremiah 22 and just comment on this Coniah here. Where? Uh, Jeremiah 22. We'll go back a few chapters. Jeremiah 22. And I think I'll just do 28 through 30. Jeremiah, this is on your handout there. <clears throat> Jeremiah 22. Let's do, uh, who wants to read 28 through 30? Pam Jackson, you want to do those? Yeah, 28 to 30. I was writing. Okay. <laughs> Is this man, Kaniah, a despised, broken idol? Is he a vessel wherein is no pleasure? Wherefore are they cast out, he and his seed, and are cast into a land which they know not? And all the way to the end, yeah. Oh, earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, write ye this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days. For no man of his seed shall prosper, sitting upon the throne of David, and ruling any more in Judah. Okay, so this is a prophecy, and those last couple of phrases there, uh, none of his seed is going to prosper. They're, they're not going to be sitting on the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. So this was... Uh, just a great Old Testament uh, prophecy of this man's condemnation. And uh, we're going to see this name come up at the end of our chapter today, Jehoiachin. And that's the same guy, Coniah. 
uh, he's called by like four different names in the Bible. Jehoiachin, and he only reigned for three months, and he was so evil that he was called this broken idol, a vessel that had no pleasure, and uh, he was cast out, and his seed was cast out. And so, uh, in essence, the devil thought he had won a victory here by none of his seed, and the, the Lord did something miraculous that he used the seed uh, through Mary and through uh, her, her lineage because Coniah was in the lineage of Joseph, uh, the husband of Mary, the uh, earthly father of Jesus. So I know we, we, we took a little bit of time and went through that, I think, earlier when we did this chapter. So I won't go through all that again, but it's... Uh, so the, the miraculous thing is that uh, Jesus had the legal heir to the throne through Coniah, but he was the seed of the woman as prophesied in Genesis 3, 5, or 15. So anyway, this was... Um, so Zedekiah was not of the royal line. He was of Judah. He was appointed by Nebuchadnezzar, but he was not of the same uh, lineage. So anyway, even though he was the last king, uh, Coniah was next to the last, and he was of the royal line. Does that make sense? <clears throat> and the reason it says that in chapter 52 that Zedekiah rebelled is because uh, because uh, Jeremiah had told him, you know, if if you simply go to Babylon, uh, you can, you know, go freely and nobody's going to die. So he rebelled against the king of Babylon and he fought against him instead of going peacefully. And so he he was decided to. You know, hey, we're the tribe of Judah. Jerusalem is, you know, ours, and we're not going to give it up. And so he held out to the end. And what we see here in these verses is that he he fled away. <clears throat> so under Roman numeral two, there, these dates they add up to about eighteen months. So. Uh, <clears throat> If you remember, around 606, the first year of King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he he besieged Jerusalem, and they took like Daniel, the children of Israel. They took some. They deported a group in 606 to Babylon, and then I really think. Uh, wish I had a different color pen. I can probably let's use orange. We never use orange. So if, if we say Daniel and there, and I think this is where Ezekiel went. I think Ezekiel went, I think Coniah went to captivity with Ezekiel's group around this time. And then uh, Zedekiah represents the last group that went to Babylon. And uh, I'm... This is just me thinking, but there was a, a, the group that stayed in 
in the promised land. Remember they went down to Egypt. We studied that and a group of them ended up going. So I think there's almost four deportations if you count those last few. But uh, anyway, this is where we're at right here right now. the, The destruction of Jerusalem. And this last, so your blank here is 18 months. This took about 18 months, this last... This last uh, months, <clears throat> and then I wanted you to look at something here. I think it says it right here where we're just reading at. Did everybody see the word nineteen? Maybe it's in verse twelve. Uh, Jim, would you read verse twelve for us? Yeah. Sure. 12? Yeah. Now in the fifth month, in the tenth day of the month, which was the nineteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came Nebuzaradan, captain of the guard, which served the king of Babylon, into Jerusalem. Yeah, so this this was his nineteenth year. I think that's what I wanted just to... So his first year... Pat read in Jeremiah 25.1 the first years when he, he conquered Jerusalem, took Daniel captive so this this whole this whole war lasted about 19 years and so that, that was the timeline so that, that's your second blank there today or your third blank does everybody see that? I think it's helpful to see this time frame and you, you may have seen this before, so let me break this timeline here. And uh, Pat and Pam, I don't know if you guys are in here yet, but uh, Jim told us this morning on May 14th, um, 1948, right, Jim? Yep. Uh, Israel became a nation again, didn't it? And uh, I loved your explanation there a few weeks ago when I was gone. Just you mentioned the Balfour Declaration, yeah. and you, you you wrote it in our notes that it was like 67 words that changed yeah, history. And and uh, the thing that uh, Alan Shelby taught me once that I thought was interesting is in uh, the Six-Day War in 1967, the Jews uh, became, like, got control of Jerusalem in 1967. What is it, about the Temple Mount? Is that what you said? Yeah, because it was shared territory. It was the West Bank. Uh, They were getting ready to attack Israel, so Israel did a counterattack preemptive and, and took it. So now they're occupying the West Bank, which includes the Temple Mount. But it, it's kind of interesting that this same thing, 19 years between those two dates, isn't it? That is yes. cool. And and that that's exactly what... This is really when they, they took Israel and this is when they took Jerusalem. Oh, wow. Isn't that wild? I heard that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So they, they lost control of Israel 
and they lost control of Jerusalem, and it's just kind of the in the same timing and the same. Yeah, Alan Shelby pointed that out one time, and so yeah, so I took a lot of time to maybe say all that, but hopefully that makes sense. And we've seen the dates ourselves in in the Bible from Jeremiah 25 to now Jeremiah 52, and so what happens here in verses. Verse 7 that we read, Jeremiah 52, 7. Then the city was broken up, and all the men of war fled, and went forth out of the city by night, by the way of the gate between the two walls, which were which was by the king's garden. Now the Chaldeans were by the city round about, and they went by the way of the plain. So not only did Zedekiah and his family flee, but these men of war fled. And uh, before I comment on this next section, let's go to Lamentations. I asked us to read that this week. I, I was able to listen to it on on my phone. It took about 25 minutes to go through these five chapters. But Lamentations 4, verse 7. And this is what it was like as these men of war were fleeting. Let's look at verse 7 of Lamentations 4. And I'm going to read all the way to verse 14. It says, Her Nazarites were purer than snow. They were whiter than milk. They were more ruddy in body than rubies. Their polishing was of sapphire. And then verse 8, Their their visage now is blacker. Uh, So this is more... It's saying how how they were. Now verse 8 saying how they are. Their visage is blacker than a coal. They are not known in the streets. Their skin cleaveth to their bones. It is withered. It has become like a stick. They that be slain with the sword are better than they that be slain with hunger. For these pine away, stricken through, for want of the fruits of the field. The hands of the pitiful women have sodden their own children. They were their meat in the destruction of the daughter of my people. The Lord hath accomplished his fury. He hath poured out his fierce anger and hath kindled a fire in Zion. And it hath devoured the foundations thereof. The kings of the earth and all the inhabitants of the world would not have believed that the adversary and the enemy should have entered into the gates of Jerusalem. For the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests, they have shed the blood of the just in the midst of her. They have wandered as blind men in the streets. They have polluted themselves with blood so that men could not touch their garments. So I'll stop there, but uh, I just thought it was instructive to us. I mean, we haven't seen wartime. We've we've, uh, slept in our own beds last night. We got dressed and ate breakfast and showered. But uh, this is kind of a commentary, I think, on these 18 months. uh, the, The 18 months of this last siege of Jerusalem where... Women are eating their own children. You know, the Nazarites have 
these ruddy young men that have committed their service to the Lord are now black and skinny as a stick and so it's just uh, wartime's brutal isn't it I mean, it's um, we, we see movies we hear about what's going on in Ukraine but we can't imagine ourselves necessarily I don't know if anybody else have any thoughts <coughs> any comments as we read Lamentations there a little bit I got to talk to a guy um, we had a Mother's Day picnic and it was somebody I'd never met and uh, he uh, he was uh, he was in Vietnam and he started sharing with me because I asked him how did he adjust when he came back and he started talking about it and uh, huh. started talking about all the things that went on and huh. you know they went up the Ho Chi Minh Trail and just mowing down people you know and just brutal stuff and huh. he came back and nobody would accept him he couldn't get a job people hated him and wow. blah 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 and anyway I got to share my testimony with him you know I asked him I said he said he went to the VA, and I said, do you, do you, get, do you ever experience any PTSD? And he said, oh, yeah, I huh. still do. And, and so wow. anyway, I got to share my testimony. Wow. And, uh, you know, share, huh. you know, what I did, you know, faith in Jesus Christ. It was, it was really cool, but it, it just really goes huh. to the point that, the, you know, the brutals of war yeah. just carry on for a lifetime. Huh. And some people never get out of it, you know. Huh. Yeah. It's, it's but this is yeah. This is pretty wild here. They were eating their own children. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that eighteen months of starving them out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know. You know, just interrogation tactics. They use sleep depth deprivation I mean when I'm tired I think man the sleep deprivation would be hard enough but yeah starving them out you know we've all we've all been hungry but not this hungry probably and so yeah you get weak and so anyway well, well let's go back to uh, chapter 52. And this this story in this section of Jeremiah 52 is recorded two or three times in the Bible. And some of the group that fled, you know, it calls them the men of war here, but one of the other places called them uh, nobles. I guess, no, it's L-E-S, isn't it? So, you can picture that too. I mean, if the king's running for his life and the princes and nobles and priests, you know, the prominent people are, are leaving too. So it's... Um, but they're fleeing the way of the, by the plain because the Chaldeans were on the other side evidently. But uh, Pam Anderson, would you read verse 8 and 9 for us? The army of the Chaldeans pursued after the king and overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho, and all his army was scattered from him. Then they took the king and carried him up to the king of Babylon to Riblah, 
in the land of Hamath where he gave judgment upon him. Do one more if you would. And the king of Babylon slew the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes. He slew also the princes of Judah and in Riblah. Yeah, and then uh, I guess read verse 11 also, sorry. And then he put out the eyes of Zedekiah, the king of Babylon, bound him in chains and carried him to Babylon and put him in prison till the day of his death. Yeah, so we, we talked about that in Jeremiah 39, I guess is where it was at, that it told this same story. and So not only did the men of war and the nobles flee, but also Zedekiah and they they caught him and took him up to Riblah and they brought him before Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar brings out his own kids and kills them right in front of Zedekiah. Um, so it's like, this is what you get for rebelling against me. Kills your kids and then puts his eyes out and then carries him away to Babylon. So... He he did not get to see Babylon. He was blinded before then. Even even that's pretty brutal, isn't it? I mean, I would think that would kill you to have your eyes put out, but maybe not. I mean, evidently not. And how they did it? I mean, there's no anesthesia or yeah, just I mean, how would you just to hold somebody down would be you'd have to strap them down to. Uh, anyway. They did Samson, didn't they? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, if you get a little piece of dust in your eye. So, yeah. That makes us a little more sympathetic to Mark Lockwood this morning. I think he's had to have a patch on his eye all week and. And anyway, it, it got bad. He something else happened on Friday, so he's he wasn't able to work on Friday. So keep keep lifting Mark up. Um, yeah, so, the last thing he saw was his sons killed. <laughs> that just was haunting, isn't it? He had to stand and watch that, and then they took his eyes. Yeah, you'd think he'd want to kill himself after that, but yeah, you just want him to go ahead and. Yeah. Kill you while you're your eyes out. There was a a couple people that killed themselves in the jail up here when we were doing ministry, and I mean, one one of them hung himself on the little phone. They had a phone in their pod. It's like a three foot phone line, and it but it's got the braided metal around it, and somehow. They wrapped that around and then just got off the chair. and So then they, they put some kind of plastic thing around the metal thing so it wouldn't make a circle. So they, anyway, they did different things. Um, anyway, I, I don't think I knew the people personally, but some of that happened. So there were days we couldn't go into the jail because some of that was going on, but... Anyway, I I, I uh, texted with the guy this morning that's thinking of suicide. I'm I'm just very hyper aware of of uh, you know this this thought about taking one's life, and I, I don't think this individual is going to. But 
anyway, <coughs> need to do all we can to prevent that. <coughs> so anyway, that was, that was my teaching point there. Uh, just go down to the first first page, all my teaching points. The first one was Nebuchadnezzar, he counseled Zedekiah to surrender to Nebuchadnezzar and go to Babylon, but he rebelled. So anyway, we always need to heed the counsel of the Lord. So that's kind of our teaching point there. The next teaching point was just the depths of Jerusalem's siege is described in Lamentations. So I wanted us all to maybe think at least a little bit about the uh, what the effects of war, the victims of war, uh, especially on the innocent, the, the the children, and and then my last teaching point there on the front page was just Babylon is known for its brutality in war and so you know it it's probably good for us to think about just the brutality and what men have done to other peoples and and just the depths of depravity I, I know one time uh, Brian and I Brian Hedges and I were talking about someone and uh, it, it was a, a child molestation case and and I, I made the comment it's like man I, I just I could never do that and, and he said well Steve you know in our flesh all of us are capable of anything and something like that he said and it, it made me think wow well I can't imagine myself doing that but I guess if I you know you you don't have to make too many bad decisions to do some horrible things, can you? You know, I don't think it's a Bible saying, but you know, but for the grace of God, there go I. You know, you've heard that saying, and well, hopefully, the, you know, the people that do those things didn't see themselves doing it either. But at some point, yeah, whatever happened in yeah. their life made them make yeah, those you choices. It's deceive yourself long enough and so so yeah all of us in our flesh uh, are are capable of anything so that's alright so this next section 12 through 23 Emma would you like to read all those this is the destruction of Jerusalem the thing we've been building up to can you read all those Yep, you got a dozen verses to read for us. Can you do it? Now in the fifth month, in the tenth day of the month, which was the nineteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and Nebuchadnezzar, captain of the guard, which served the king of Babylon into Jerusalem, and burned the house of the Lord and the king's house and all the houses of Jerusalem and all the houses of great men burned with fire and all the army of Chaldeans that were in the guard break down all the walls of Jerusalem round about. Then Nebuchadnezzar the captain of the guard carried away captive certain of the poor of the people and the residue of the people that re- remained in the city and those that fell away 
that fell into the king of Babylon and the rest of the multitude. But Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, but certain of the poor of the land, the wine dressers, and her husband, also the pillars of brass that were in the house of the Lord, and the vases, and the brazen sea that was in the house of the Lord, the Chaldeans break, and carried all the brass from them to Babylon. The cauldrons also, and the shovels, and the snuffers, and the bowls, spoons, and all the vessels of brass, wherewith they ministered, took they away. And the basins, and the fire pans, and the bowls, and the cauldrons, and the candlesticks, and the spoons, and the cups, that which was of gold in gold, and that which was silver in silver, took the captain of the guard away. The two pillars, one sea, and twelve brazen bulls that were under the vases, which King Solomon had made in the house of the Lord, the brass of all those vessels, all these vessels, was without weight. How far? 23. And concerning the pillars, the height of one pillar was 18 cubits, and a pillar of 12 cubits did pass it, and the thickness thereof was four fingers. It was hollow, and a cipher of brass was upon it, and the height of one cipher was five cubits with network and promagans upon the cyphers round about all the brass. The second color also was the promagans were like unto these, and there were ninety-six promagans on a side, and all the promagans on the network were in a hundred round about. All right. Thank you, Emmett. That was a test. You passed it. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of descriptive uh, things of these vessels and the utensils that were used to minister. These chapter, these uh, these pillars. There was two pillars there that Solomon made. He called the one Boaz and the other one Japheth or something. But uh, and then on top of them was these. So there's 18 cubit pillars and then on top was these chapters of five uh, cubits more so this whole you know these are huge things that he made of brass and they're this uh, and these pillars and if you remember uh, they made they they kind of poured them they formed them in the clay near Jericho I think it was so the Bible's pretty descriptive how he used these uh, wise men. Uh, there, I think Moses had Bezalel and uh, I forget who uh, 
Solomon had, but just these wise people that did these cunning works. So all this was very ornate. They were trying to bring glory to God, and just it had an outward beauty. And the stones and the doors and the woodwork and all this was magnificent. And they just tore it down. They burned what they could. And then they, th- this is the spoils of war. And this is described uh, two or three places in the Bible. And this was the last carrying away. You read it in verse 15. Uh, what what he he read uh, then Nebuzaradan the captain of the guard carried away captive certain of the poor of the people and the residue of the people that remained in the city and those that fell away that fell to the king of Babylon and the rest of the multitude and so we're we're going to get some numbers here in just a minute but uh, there were a few hundred people left that they were able to carry away and then they list out all these spoils of war and you hear that saying the spoils go to the victor and in this case it was Nebuchadnezzar his captain of the guard here the people of Babylon that were soldiers uh, took all this back to Babylon with them and uh, my, my teaching point here I really struggle. Sometimes I, I, I try to think of, so I don't get these teaching points from anywhere else. I, I try to come up with them myself. You can probably tell they're probably not too uh, profound, but the word Ichabod, and this word means the glory is departed. So that that's what I put there, because that's exactly what happened back in First Samuel. The glory of the Lord was departed, and uh, I think that's where the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant. And so undoubtedly, that's uh, what happened here. The temple's destroyed. It doesn't mention specifically the Ark of the Covenant here, but uh, probably they did take the Ark and, uh, you know, the veil. And so some of the things, some of the utensils, like the table of showbread and the the golden candlestick are are not uh, mentioned here. But... uh, Probably they did take all those those uh, holy things. It mentions the the labor here and some of the other utensils. But anyway, that that's at the top of your back page there. And any other comments about this section? This is a a landmark thing that was just described at Emmett Red. Yeah, this is. <coughs> This was the mark of Jerusalem falling. and So something very similar happened. We know that uh, you know, Zerubbabel returns from Babylon you know, some 70 years later. He lays the foundation for the temple again. Um, Nebuchadnezzar uh, Nehemiah builds the walls and Ezra they all rebuild the temple and so there's a great shouting and so uh, the second temple gets rebuilt you know a hundred years or so later and that's the same temple that the Lord walked in that uh, Herod the Great helped to re uh, kind of refurbish or uh, 
so anyway, uh, but you remember Jesus makes the prophecy that not one stone here shall be left upon another. And so in 70 AD, the, the Roman Emperor Titus destroys Jerusalem again a few hundred years from now. Uh, a few hundred years from Jeremiah 4:52, and that's exactly what happens with with the temple. Then the the uh, it's pillaged and they burned they burned it, and it was said that like gold melted from the fire. And it kind of went down, so they actually took each stone apart to get the gold, and so literally there was not one stone left on another at the destruction of Jerusalem under Titus. So anyway, all this is uh, prophetical, it's historical. And uh, that was one thing I was really thinking on this week, just how that, you know, this is nearly 3,000 years ago we're reading about. And we just glean so much things that are relevant to today, don't we? Just about the uh, human nature as well as just uh, prophetical things so anyway ho- hopefully this is rich to you uh, this next section 24 through 30 I haven't had uh, Angie read maybe Angie would you read 24 through 30 <clears throat> and the captain of the guard took Sariah the chief priest and Zephaniah the second priest and the three keepers of the door he took also out of the city a, a eunuch which had the charge of the men of war and seven men of them that were near the king's person which were found in the city and the principal scribe of the host who mustered the people of the land and threescore men of the people of the land that were found in the midst of the city so Nebuchadnezzar the captain of the guard took them and brought them to the king of Babylon to Riblah and the king of Babylon smote them and put them to death in Riblah in the land of Hamath. Thus Judah was carried away captive out of his own land. This is the people whom Nebuchadnezzar carried away captive. In the seventh year, 3,000 Jews and three and twenty. In the eighteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar, he carried away captive from Jerusalem, 830 and two persons. In the three and twentieth year of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, captain of the guard, carried away captive of the Jews 745 persons. All the persons were 4,600. Okay. So uh, I wanted to just think about these numbers for a minute. In verse 28 that Angie read, uh, in the seventh year, these 3,023, I think that was, I think, I think. So there's three three different numbers mentioned here. I think this was the 3,023. And right here in the 18th year, it mentions these 832 people. Let's do this. I'm looking at this. Is it 825 or 832? 832. 832. Yeah. And so then this last number it gives us, it talks about in the 3 and 20th year of Nebuchadnezzar. I, I think that's a reference to the people from Egypt is what I think. The 745. 
so it would be in his 23rd year there was uh, what did I say 745 so I, I think this list of numbers here doesn't include how many went with Daniel is what I was what I think does that make sense? That's that's the way I'm I'm reading it. So forgive me if I'm off on that. But anyway, there's there's these numbers add up to uh, 4,600, I believe. Yeah. So in these three deportations, so I think these were this was the group that went down to Egypt even after Jeremiah told them not to. They, some of them got taken captive. Some of them got killed in Egypt, and uh, we studied that. So. Uh, you'll think this is funny probably but in the middle of verse 25 or toward the end it said that this uh, Sarai they mustered the people of the land and so I kind of focused on it I thought what does mustard mean and huh counting counting okay yeah yeah so at my work, uh, when we have fire alarms, we have different places in the parking lot we have to go, and they have badge readers in the parking lot, and they call them muster points. Oh, cool. They, cool. they call them muster points. And so when I read this, it kind of clicks with my own job because uh, they want to make sure everybody got out of the building, and so you have to badge in, and you're kind of assembling. And so... What what is cool here is this Syriai, and they were able to muster the people of the land. It's like it's kind of like within within the last few that are hold out here, you got some faithful people, and they mustered the people. But uh, Nebuchadnezzar he doesn't take them captive; he kills them because they they were of the Lord, I believe. And so that that's kind of my teaching point here is just would to God we could muster people or soldiers uh, and that word's also translated fight, assemble, ward, perform, and wait. And so this was your la- your next uh, muster. I've and heard it, of mustering people, but I, I think I've like muster up the courage to do something. Yeah. yeah. In my mind. Muster up the courage. And to, I've never heard of mustering people. Yeah. And and I gave you the references there. In fact, let's go to Numbers. I, I don't. This may be the second mention of this in the Bible, but that Numbers four twenty three is where it's weight, but it's it's the same Hebrew word. Numbers four twenty three. And you guys will probably laugh, but I felt like this on our uh, on our work day. We we kept having people show up. And I I felt like you know I'm mustering the people to to work at HBF. It's like we got all this stuff to do, and, and you know you go here and you go there. We're coming together. We're doing this thing. We're assembling. We're fighting. We're so 423. Uh, Pat, are you there? Can you read 423? Sure. Uh, from 30 years old and upward until 50 years old shalt thou number them. All that enter into perform the service 
to do the work in the tabernacle. So that that's the word perform. So that uh, those are people to do the work of the service of the tabernacle, and that's where they were able to perform it. Those are that's the same word for muster. And then jump over to 824, Numbers 824. I was able to talk to uh, Sarah Lewis's friend this week, uh, Marla. And she said she couldn't be here today. and But she really liked our church and she felt like she needs to get back in church and uh, anyway, she she hopes to be a member here, so encourage her when you see her. Uh, I think she's got a little bit of back issues, so she may not be able to do church and and uh, main service. But anyway, eight twenty four, uh, Pam Jackson. This is it that belongs unto the Levites from twenty and five years old and upward. They shall go in to wait upon the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. So almost the same as the earlier, but this is wait. The wait on the service. They're they're doing the ministry. They're waiting. They're performing. They're mustering to do this service. So anyway, there's just a little bit of a side study for you there that I did. And uh, so anyway, this Sari AI and some of his man. You know they were hungry. You know they were tired, and yet they mustered the people. And they kind of fought against the Babylonians, but they they died there in Jeremiah 52. So go go back to Jeremiah 52 and and let's finish out this book. Uh, Jim, maybe I'll have you read uh, 31 through 34. The last part. The last part, yours, brother. All right. And it came to pass in the seventh and thirteenth year of the captivity of Jehoiachin, king of Judah in the twelfth month, in the fifth and twentieth day of the month, that evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the first year of his reign, lifted up the head of Jehoiachin, king of Judah, and brought him forth out of prison. And he spake kindly unto him, and set his throne above the throne of the kings that were with him in Babylon, and changed his garments, and he did continually eat bread before him all the days of his life. And for his diet there was a continual diet given him of the king of Babylon, Every day in portion until the day of his death, all the days of his life. All right. So, to me, this is a little bit of an odd way. You know, why do they throw in this little story at the end? I can tell you. You can? Yeah. Tell me. Well, I'm, you know, well, I told you I studied Jeremiah the man and how, you know, God may have chosen him. I mean, he chose him specifically. But uh, I studied Lamentations when you asked us to. And so what I found in, it was like three different books and, you know, I mean, books that I trust. Uh, a Jeremiah wrote Lamentations. They called it as a postscript. Like he sat and penned it is what you know, the word says. Uh. But he, um, in the Hebrew Bible, uh, you'll you would be able to see that he wrote this uh, as a poem 
uh, he used the Hebrew alphabet, like, you know, yeah. the next sentence starts with the first letter, uh, you know, all, there's a name for that, acrostic. it's A-R, what is it? Acrostic. Yes, acrostic. Uh, and uh, chapter 3 has three acrostic poems in it. Yeah. So, uh, I wrote down uh, Jeremiah, uh, they kind of broke it up, each chapter, uh, uh, what the... Uh, a lot of this came out of Mark Trotter's, a couple of his book, uh, books, bit writings. Huh. Uh, the chapter one was, you know, he was so overwhelmed with grief. Uh, you know, he he prayed and uh, he hurt. Uh, he felt the pain, like God would feel the pain, yeah. tears and stuff. So he, uh, chapter one was all about Jerusalem's destruction and how he grieved and, and hurt for... God uh, hurt for his people, his children. And then uh, Jeremiah, you know, he justifies God's wrath in uh-huh. chapter 2. You know, uh, God is justified to to do these things. Uh, but chapter 3 shows God's incredible mercy. Yes, I thought, and, uh, sorry, I thought of that too. People were, you know, preserved. Uh, and then, of course, we have consequences. So God's anger was put out to Jerusalem. Mm. But chapter 5, that's what you're talking about. Uh, God always, he, in His loving mercy, He always will give a plan for mm. restoration. Mm-hmm. We always have that opportunity, like mm. for us, uh, to, you know, uh, God is justified, and but He's so merciful, He will always give us a way. We fail God hmm. every day, yeah. uh, but God never fails us. And so this chapter 5 just shows God's loving mercy, and uh, Jeremiah is just pleading for God huh. to uh, restore them, and knowing that that was God's character. Well, do you think this Jehoiachin then, this was a good thing that he was brought out from prison and kind of given a place of prominence? I do. I, I think, because you know, way back, like Pam said, way back earlier in Jeremiah, God's telling them, if you submit to my discipline and chastising uh-huh. through this, mm-hmm. and Jehoiakim did, Chen did, but mm. Zedekiah didn't. Mm. Jehoiakim did, and he was taken away and peacefully away, this time in prison, and now he's being restored. It's kind of like what Pam was saying. Right. That's it. I, I look at it kind of good and bad. Well, that's why I was kind of looking at it. You remember what Chris talked about? I missed most of his in message. Jeremiah uh, 17, I think it said, that he made them, that they made them captains over their bondage. Huh. And, you know, and, and you know, Proverbs talks about, you know, the king offers you his dainties, put a knife to you, like, yeah. and everything. And so, I mean, he had him there. He brought him in. I mean, he was conditioned that whole way, and then he was there. Now, I know his his son went on. I mean, he did have a son, right? Jehoiachin, yeah. Jehoiachin. Yeah, so hold that thought there. So, uh, that's this guy that he brought... So, verse 31, it came to pass in the 30th and 7th year. So, their captivity started here. So, 37 years later, we'll just do that. So, this 37 years, and this this Jehoiachin, 
it's the same guy as this guy. So there was there was eleven years here. So uh, however many years later, and so what it's saying he this evil Merodach was evidently one of Nebuchadnezzar's predecessors or successors, I guess. A, a king after Nebuchadnezzar brought him up out of and he changed his prison garment in, in my mind I was thinking well gosh maybe this evil Merodach you know read the prophecy of Jeremiah that none of his seeds going to prosper so they're kind of celebrating in a bad way is, is kind of what I was looking at because in verse 34 he has this diet and continual diet given to him, and mm-hmm. and that was my teaching point there. Uh, my my last blank was just, you know, it mentions his diet, and it, it's what he's partaking of. So he ate what the king gave him. And my teaching point is we should consider diligently what is set before us by a ruler, and not be desirous of his dainties, which is what you mentioned. Yeah, because you know you can get you can get drawn into that. And evil Murdoch, of course, he's not a picture of a, a good thing. No, God, God did. You know, yeah, brought him through it. Yeah, praise the Lord. But you can be comfortable, you know. Yeah. People people can overcome. Like people come out of jail. You know? Uh huh. And they they maybe change, and maybe they maybe they get sober, maybe they change, you know, whatever. But they get just used to the, hey, I'm better now. Yeah. You know, and they yeah. stay there comfortable. So, yeah, Jim, I hadn't thought of yours and Pam's example of this being a good thing, but but maybe it was. And so what's cool about the Bible? Multiple yeah. applications. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, because they changed his garments. I mean, uh-huh. it's like us in the yeah. resurrection. We're going to change our yeah, garments, that's right? Yeah. Yeah. So. It's a neat story. It's a weird way to end the book, seemingly, but when you kind of talk like you've been talking, it's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Um, and and it and like you said, Jim, this Jehoiachin did voluntarily surrender to Nebuchadnezzar, and Zedekiah rebelled. Yeah. Um. Anyway, you know, a lot of the the captives were treated well. That's why a lot of them didn't go back. But you know, Daniel mm. was in the palace. Ezekiel was treated well. They had their own house, and, and so mm. I can see Jehoiachin being treated well if he's a good prisoner. Yeah, guy. It's kind of like Christians in the way they see in church. <laughs> it's yeah. exactly so comfortable with the world. Yeah, you never want to leave. Yeah, so we do have to be careful of our daily portion, the diet of things that we take in, and. Be vigilant, be watchful, and uh, follow the Lord because it, it, it is a confusing time, just like Babylon means confusion. Uh, it, it's a confusing time today, isn't it? So, well, we'll do kind of a recap conclusion next week. We'll get out a couple couple minutes early here thanks for joining us online hopefully people are still with us hopefully people listening uh, and uh, we'll come back again I'll go ahead and hit the stop on this Anderson's